0: Thank you for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at or go to the story tab on the church center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking the giving link located in the description below this video at fellowshipgj.com or if you are a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us to continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's service.
1: So glad to see all of you here. There's a lot of stuff going on in our town, isn't there? A lot of people in town. How many of you are a little tired this morning? Would you raise your hand? All right, confess it, we get it. We talk to you in the lobby. We understand a lot going on in your world. And we really emphasize energy, enthusiasm, and excellence here at Fellowship Church. And we do that not to impress any person or for any person who comes. We do that, serving our loving, our Heavenly Father with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, and with all of our strength. And when you come to a worship service here, Fellowship, we're, like I said, we're not trying to impress you with entertainment. What we talk about behind the scene and what we ask the whole... God's touch, that if you're hurting, if you're lonely, if you've got some reason to need his comfort, that you feel the Holy Spirit throw a blanket around your shoulders in this room and reassure you, you're coming out of it and you're gonna be okay. That's the kind of God moments that we are going for. And we do this for multiple generations. We wanna make sure that there are God moments created for every 17 year old to every 70 year old and beyond. And that's what we hope happens today that you and only you can allow the holy spirit to take your attention to get it to captivate you and whatever it is that you've been dealing with this week to say to you in a moment that is happening in this room you have reason to thank me as your father i've got you i'm going to make your dreams come true You've never hit an impasse or come to a situation in your life where you can't still experience a breakthrough at any age and after any heartbreak. It is still available to you. And when you receive that kind of touch from God, God, not a church, not people, when you receive that from God in a God moment, it changes not only your situation, but it changes your mindset, your attitude. And if you'll let him, it'll change your life. projection from this point forward. That is why you're here. That is why these moments have been created in this service. So today, ask God to do something in your life. Sing these words to him as a love song. And Father, in Jesus' name, may you take over right here and right now. Wonderful, and he is so good to us and he loves you so much and regardless of what maybe you have done or thought or how you have acted he is not mad at you he adores you he thinks about you constantly he wants to make your dreams come true and if your heart's been broken he offers healing to you you know I love the fact that our pastor leading us in this new series giving us an introduction message to it today because our problems in our life are not going to get easier your only option is to get stronger. And he offers that kind of power to you through his precious Holy Spirit. Father, we love you so much. Bless the people who are in this room. Meet every need that they have. Thank you for just letting us feel your presence today. And there are people in here today that desperately need to know you're gonna work things out and their life's gonna be okay. So let them receive that today, that message from your word today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, give him one more hand, would you? He is wonderful, he is so good. Would you do this, wave at somebody, give somebody an air five, tell them you're glad they're here, and then you can make your way back to your seat. Those of you that are visiting with us today, we wanna have a record of you being here. If you will stop by the info counter, which is right in the center of the uh, lobby, and give us some information. Now give us accurate information. Do not give us false information. We will give you a card that will allow you to go to the bookstore, coffee shop, and get one of the specialty drinks that we offer back there and give you a little bit more information about Fellowship Church. We're not gonna bug you with text messages and phone calls and all that. We would just like to connect with you and let you know there is a guest reception coming up where you can meet our pastor and some of our staff. And uh, just familiarize yourself and make yourself feel a lot more comfortable coming to uh, coming to fellowship church. We are so glad you're here. please stop back by there. Let us know uh, when you get here. There are many ways for our people to give here financially at Fellowship Church. And it is only through the faithful, consistent, regular giving of our people that we are able to do the things that we do in this community and we're able to do when it comes to missions and to help help out folks that are hurting. So thank you so much for that consistent giving. And giving is change. We don't pass plates or buckets or anything like that. We give online, there's several ways that you can do so, as you see on the side screen. And then for those of you that are in an in-person service like this one today, there are offering boxes in the lobby that you can give to and give in, and they're out there, you will trip over them, they're right, they're right there for you. For those of us who still write checks as Ann and I do, and put them in the offering boxes. Thank you again for your faithful giving, Uh, a financial blessing over you in the name of Jesus. I pray that this would be a very prosperous year for you. Those that you need jobs would find wonderful jobs. You would have great financial prosperity that would fall into your life, and you would be blessed and protected so that the finances and blessings God has given you, the enemy will never be able to take it. And I speak that over you in the name of Jesus. Lots of cool things happening around your church. Here's some things going on on this video.
2: Starting Wednesday, October 27th, Pastor Tim is beginning his second installment into the Three Kings study. If you are part of the first installment, you know how incredible this material is as he dives deep into First and Second Samuel, focusing on the kings of Israel of Saul, David, and Solomon. In this second installment, he'll be focusing mainly on Second Samuel. And so if you would like to be a part of this Bible study, we encourage you to sign up on the Church Center app. The workbook is $18, and you can also be a part of the online study if you're not able to make it in person. Starting Sunday, October 3rd, we will be doing another round of Life's Healing Choices. If you are struggling with a hurt, habit, or hangup, this is the right course for you to help bring healing and breakthrough. It will take place in between the nine and the 11 o'clock service, and you can sign up on the church center app. If you're looking for a new way to serve, but you're not really sure where, but you have a heart for worship, choir might be for you. It's an incredible opportunity to serve God and worship Him on the platform on a monthly basis, but it's also just a great community of people who love Jesus and love to worship Him. So if you're interested or you want more information, you could head over to the pavilion in between services. They'd love to answer your questions, or you can just go ahead and sign up on the Church Center app because no auditions are required. We hope that you enjoy the rest of today's service. Enjoy this choir special.
3: So, mountain high, down. Faster, stronger. That don't kill me. Can only makes me stronger. I need you to hurry up, man. Cause I can't wait much longer. I know I got to be right now. Cause I can't get such stronger. Man, I've been waiting all night,
0: man. Well, good morning, church family. I gotta tell you, I'm so excited about starting this series off this fall. We are going to be getting stronger. And uh, talking about getting stronger here, I I was getting ready for this message, and I looked up one of my favorite verses in the Bible, and it's one of my favorite because it's encouraging, but it's also funny to me. Uh, Joel chapter 3, verse 10 says, "'Train up even your weaklings to become warriors.'" Yeah, I love this verse because I think sometimes we feel weak, but God doesn't want us to stay weak. He wants us to be strong. And any of you ever feel weak, like a weakling? Are you sitting next to someone who's a weakling? Anyone? That was a trick. Don't do that. Over the next several weeks, we're gonna be talking about getting stronger. Now, don't worry, take a deep breath as as you're listening to me. I'm not gonna be selling gym memberships or supplements or anything like that. Uh, I'm not just talking about physical strength. I wanna talk about what really matters. I wanna talk about our spiritual strength. I wanna talk about being stronger relationally, stronger in our faith. I wanna talk about stronger in our self-control, stronger in so many different aspects of our lives, and I believe that there's so many of us that, that we need in some area of our life to get stronger and here 's what i 'm here to tell you today is that we have gotten ready for this we 've gotten ready for this fall that that we believe God wants to get us stronger, so the sermons have been written, and the the, the praise teams have been working on specials and working on worship sets and, and there 's intercessors that are praying for you but, but i 'm here to tell you today and it's no other person's responsibility for you to grow in strength with God. This is a season for you to take the steps to get stronger on your own. In fact, I need need you to work with me today. Um, Help me preach today. Would you turn to the person next to you and say, this is the season. Okay, that's like 2% um, (laughs) participation. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is the season. to get stronger to get stronger stronger. how many of you would say that you have some area in your life where you need to get stronger some area don't you love it when pastors ask those like all-inclusive questions like like it's almost a trick if you're here today raise your hand right (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I I believe we all have areas where we need to get stronger, and I want to take you to uh, the book of John, chapter 5, and look at a very encouraging story. Um, It's encouraging for anyone who's ever felt like you need to get stronger in some area of your life, or you need a breakthrough in some area of your life. So if if you got your Bible app, open it up to John chapter 5, or you can follow along in the Church Center app uh, with our notes. Uh, We're also going to have this on the side screens, but I want to pray with you before we dive in. So let's pray together today. Heavenly Father, we come before you right now, and we ask that you would open our eyes to see in our ears. To hear, God, I open our hearts to do what You want to do in our lives today. Make us stronger today. Help us to see Jesus and, and understand more of Your love for us. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said, "Amen." Amen. Well, in this story, we see a man um, who uh, is similar to any one of us who would find ourselves in a situation where we need breakthrough. In John chapter five, there's a man who uh, who's got a condition, and and he's. He's crippled and he finds himself waiting for God to do something in his life. And, and I want to go ahead and if, pick it up here because this man, unbeknownst to him, he found himself in the right place in the right time because Jesus was going to show up exactly where he was at the pool of Bethesda. John chapter five, verse one says, sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now, we don't actually know specifically which Jewish festival this is, uh, but we know that Jesus makes a detour while he's going to this festival to go towards the Sheep Gate. The Bible says in verse 2, there, now, there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic was called Bethesda. So there's a meeting within a meeting you could say like Jesus is there for a reason to go to this festival this party but he has a meeting that's taking place on the side here and see uh, that's important for us to know that that there's a meeting within the meeting because he stops to see about one specific person and i think so many times we can get caught up when we meet with other believers and start to think man i really hope god uh, speaks to my neighbor i really hope god uh, is is speaking to my cousin right now or my sister right now and, and we can start to think God is wanting to do things in other people's lives and miss the fact that he wants to meet specifically with you. doesn't matter what size of crowd you're in. If you're all by yourself or with a group of people, if you're home or in your car right now listening to this message, God wants to meet specifically with you. And the Bible says that Bethesda, uh, the, the, the scripture details this pool, says Bethesda in which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. And here, a great number of disabled people used to lie. The blind, the lame, the paralyzed, the gossips, the addicts, the cynical, the greedy. Oh yeah, I could hit you too, but um, I'm going to go ahead and be nice and and move on. I I won't do that. Let's move on to verse five. Wait, we were just on verse three, but we're going to move to verse five. Because maybe you know this if you're following along in in your Bible, you read this story before, you know that a lot of translations of the Bible go straight from verse three to verse five and skip verse four. And it's because a lot of the early manuscripts uh, don't include verse four. It was later manuscripts that included verse four, but you will have a footnote in your Bible that tells you what verse four is. And we'll get to that a little bit later. But verse five says... The one, one who was there had been an invalid for 38 years and when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, Jesus said, no use in bothering with, his, with him, right? I, I might as well find someone else. Is that what Jesus said? That, that, oh, that's just John over there. He's always been that way. He's always had his issues. John's just the way his dad was and... And his dad's just the way his grandfather was. I mean, that's, that's just John, right? No. no. When Jesus walked by this man, he, he looked at the worst situation and went straight up to it. Because sometimes when we come to church, we think God can only deal with our presentable side. And that's why so many of us, we, we put on the smiley face like everything's good all the time when we come into church. And the truth is, we, we, there's some of you, you were crying on your way here today. Some of you were fighting with your spouse on, on the way here today. Some of you are still fighting with your spouse, but you got a smile and you're looking straight forward so nobody knows about it, right? We, we scream at our kids in the car, act right, we're going to go in public and praise Jesus. Put a smile on your face, or it'll pinch you. Pray, I, God loves you so much, we're just here, bless God. It's like we think we can only present certain things to God, but true breakthrough and true strength comes and true freedom comes in our lives when we get to the point where we take God to that place. To that situation, the real difficulty, what 's really going on on the inside, and Jesus walks right up to the most desperate situation, the most desperate man at this pool, and he he comes and presents him with a question and, and when we come to this question it 's a little obvious what Jesus is going to ask but but it I think we need to settle on it for a moment because it said he had been there in this condition for a long time and he asked him, Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? Starting this series off, I want to kind of intro today um, with this first sermon and I, I want to title it and speak from the subject, Where Breakthrough Begins, Where Breakthrough Begins. You know what's weird to me? Uh, I've been doing ministry for a while now. This is, this is my 22nd year uh, in full-time ministry. And, and one of the things that's weird is that I have never, in the last 22 years of doing this full-time, I've never understood why there are certain people that will come to church Frequently, on a regular basis and, and come to church and listen to the worship and listen to the sermons with absolutely no intention of changing anything about their lives at all. It, it's, it's strange to me. Now, it's like we, we don't want change the way that we have to change. It's like, why would you go to some place and, and where you can change and not change? It's, it's like it reminds me of a time, the year was 1998. The location was Bulldog's Gym. It was a little uh, uh, gym in an industrial part of... of uh, kind of over there by Walmart. Does anyone remember Bulldog's Gym? Just just a few, a handful of people in the room today. But I, I remember it was 1998 and my friend Press and I, we worked out together and we would go to Bulldog's Gym on a regular basis and, and we would work out there together and we recognized there was another guy that was always at the gym, And uh, he could be here today. He could be watching online. So we're just going to give him a different name. We'll call him Ronnie. Um, So Ronnie was at the gym all the time. And whenever we showed up at the gym, Ronnie was there. And when we left, Ronnie was still there. You drive by and you see Ronnie's car in the parking lot. He was there all the time. But what was weird to me, and what I had to ask my friend Press about because I didn't get it, is Ronnie didn't have the physique indicative of someone who spent all of their waking hours at the gym. So I was like, Press, what's up with Ronnie? It's like, Press, you look like you're on steroids. He looks like he's on Cheetos, but he's here when we get here, and he's here when we leave. It's like, what's, what's going on here? And he goes, ah, Dan, that's just Ronnie. It's, Ronnie's not here to lift. Ronnie don't want no gains. Ronnie's here to talk to the ladies on the treadmill. (laughs) Ronnie's just here to watch people. Ronnie is a creeper, man. It's like, he's here, but but he doesn't really want to work out. He doesn't really want to change. See, this also reminds me of, there was another time I had a, a friend of mine, Many of you have seen me when I was like 60 pounds heavier, I've gone up and down and up and down, it's been a journey. Um, but many of you saw me then when I was heavier and I had a friend who was a personal trainer. I mean, he brought me to lunch and he he offered me the gift of him personal training me and don't you know it when you're overweight and you have a friend who's a trainer who wants to give you the gift of training you, that's just something you really want to hear. Thank you for that, Yeah. But I, I remember thinking, okay, I'm, I'll, I'll take him up on this. But at first, I had to have a conversation with him. I told him, I said, his name was Dwayne. I'm like, listen, Dwayne, um, I'll, I'll work out with you. But first, you need to know, I don't run. I, 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 don't, I don't do stationary bikes. I hate treadmills. I don't do push-ups. I hate burpees. I'm not going to do cardio of any sort. It's like, I don't like doing sit-ups. I don't like doing pull-ups or push-ups, any of that stuff. And I began prescribing for him. Oh, and by the way, I don't like doing leg day either. So I prescribed for him what I would and would not do. And he just smiled at me and said, okay, okay okay, because I was basically telling him, it's like, I've got the way I want to do things, but the way you want me to do, I will not change. It reminds me of what a lot of us have done when we've gone to the dentist, the dental hygienist. It's like, they always come out and they start cleaning your teeth and they start in on that conversation and you already know what they're gonna gonna say. So I've done what many of you have done where say, stop, 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 stop. And I just interrupt the lady. I'm like, listen, you don't need to tell me that I need to floss more. It's like, I've already got my routine. I already know exactly how I'm gonna get up in the morning, what I'm gonna do. It's like, you don't need to show me any scary pictures about how little Timmy didn't floss and now he lives under a bridge in a cardboard box. I will not floss more. I see some of you getting grossed out. Don't worry, I do floss. <laughs> Amen. But, but it's like we we get this idea. I will not change. It's like how some of you will come into this room and you will listen to whatever preacher is up here. And it's like, I can preach my heart. I can preach my guts out on this stage. And it's like you sit there with a steely resolve, a, a, a resolution to say, I will not change. But don't get me wrong. It's like, there are some things in my life I would like to see changed, but I will not change. And there's a lot of us that we have a lot of things we would like to see God change um, our circumstances, but really we're not to a place where we would say, God, would you change me? And we look at this scripture where Jesus asks this man, Do you want to change? Do you want to change? And the question there is not just like, do you want it to change? Do you want your circumstances to change? No, he's asking them, do you want to change? Do you want to get well? So the Bible says that there was this pool at this sheep gate called Bethesda, and here a great number of disabled people used to lie. Let me tell you something about everyone that's sitting around you, the people behind you that you think got it all together and the, the people that you think don't is that every one of us have a condition. And it might be physical and it might not. And see, if it's a physical condition, it's a little bit harder to cover up. This man, everyone knew that, that he had a condition, but, but for a lot of us, the condition we have might be an emotional condition or a spiritual condition. It might be a condition in our flesh where we struggle with some sin and go back to some issue over and over again. And the truth is, if you have a condition that's not physical, but it's in some other realm, it's a lot easier to hide that. So you can have a condition for a long time. You can have an addiction for a long time. And you can have a codependency issue for a long time. You can have issues and problems for a while. So I'm going to go ahead and ask you a question in this first week, and then I'm going to get out of your way because I don't want to spoil your appetite for for what we have planned over this series. Like I I want you to come back hungry. It's like when my mom used to come home when I was a kid, and she'd find me eating Hot Pockets that I just cooked in the microwave right before she cooked dinner, and she'd be like, Daniel Clark, don't ruin your appetite, Right? It's like we gotta come in hungry for what God wants to do in our lives. So I wanna encourage you, come in hungry, but I wanna ask you this question before we go today. The question is, what is an area of your life that you need to get stronger in? Maybe I should ask it this way. What is there an area of your life where you need a breakthrough? Where you need a breakthrough? For over 20 years, I've had people come and pray with me and they say, Pastor, would you pray with me about an area of my life I need a breakthrough in? And you know what's so interesting? About 95%, the, the extreme majority of the people I pray with come and they, they come with uh, a real issue, a circumstance that they're dealing with where they might say something like, would you pray with me about my marriage? My spouse has lost their mind. Or would you pray with me about my kids? They're completely out of control. I, mean, I need a breakthrough at my job because my boss is being a jerk. And it's like the vast majority of people I pray with is like, "I'm listen. I'm happy to pray with you about those things. I'm happy to pray with you breakthrough about it." But the vast majority of people I pray with, the focus is on another person and their circumstances and their situation and how they're being affected by another person. You know what's Uh, Absent most of the time from these conversations, I very rarely ever pray with someone who says, "Um, would you pray with me because I have a hard time controlling me? Would you pray with me because I'm selfish? Would you pray with me because I've got jealousy issues? Would you pray with me because I've got an addiction? Would you pray with me because I need God to set me free from me? See, There's a huge difference between praying, God, would you change my circumstances and God, would you change me? And that's where God asked the question to this man. Jesus says, do you want to get well? Do you want to get better? Not it get better, but you get better. Do you want to change? So we've got to get to a point where I I say, God, I need to be set free from me. I need, a, I need you to change me. Like my prayer is in this season that God, you, you would change not my situation, but me. Do a new work in me. Like David said in Psalms 51, he said, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. And Jesus walks right up to this guy and says, Do you want to get well? Do you want to change? And not only does this man have a physical impairment, but apparently he has a hearing problem too because instead of answering the question, do you want to get well, he begins to come back with all of the excuses of why he can't. And no one's here to help me. No one can bring me to the water. It, it's like, it reminds me of a time when my daughters were younger. They were like five and seven years old. Uh, they're 15 and 17 now, so this was like a decade ago. But I can remember coming home to uh, a fight, in the girls were standing in front of my wife, Amelie, and they they were screaming at at each other and trying to tell mom what happened, that that why did Rachel pull Kayla's hair, and why was Kayla in Rachel's room, and, and she started it, and she took this from me, and she colored on my wall, and this and that, and there's all these things going on where they are just screaming and fighting. It's her fault, she started, it's her fault, she started. And I walk into the room, and I did what any smart father would do when the wife is handling the kids. I shut up and looked ignorant. (laughs) Parenting advice, take it. You get yourself in trouble if you don't. (laughs) But... I watched my wife, who's so incredibly patient, listening to them. I mean, you got to know she's patient because she's married to me. <laughs> you would have to be. But she's, she's so incredibly patient. She's listening to them. And then finally, my wife, it's like she just, something took over. And she just looked at them and said, I don't care who started it. I didn't ask any of that. You, I don't care if you started or you started I'm about to finish it. And I prayed for her right then. I was like, Lord. I... No, because they both had their excuses, but she's like, listen, well, I, I didn't ask any of that. I didn't ask who started it. I didn't ask what your excuses are. I'm about to finish it. And here Jesus comes on the scene and he's talking to this man. Do you want to get well? Do, do you want to change? And see, don't you know that you can, you can get comfortable without getting well. And that's what a lot of people at the Pool of Bethesda were doing. They were, they were there because it was comfortable. They were around other people that had the same problems, the same dysfunctions that they did. And that's what we do a lot of times. We try to put ourselves in situations. That's what church can feel like a lot of times. I feel comfortable, I feel better because I liked the worship song, I feel better because I liked the sermon, I feel better because I was around other people that, that were hurting like me too, but I didn't really change. And Jesus is asking him, do you want to get, well, do you want to get better? Not just, not just comfortable. It's why I look back with such fond memories of my time where I was teaching in children's ministry Man, I love teaching kids. And I love teaching kids because they, they haven't learned some of the things that we've learned, right? They haven't got all old and crusty like we have. It's like, because they haven't learned that some things just never change. They haven't learned that some things are just going to be the way that they are. No, they, they hear that God wants to do a work and God wants to change and they believe it. And I, 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 I see that with great hope that that can be the truth about our church. That we don't have to look at it and be, ah, oh, no, that, some things will never change. But we can look just like this man who was, who was struggling with that. He, he had the excuses. This is just the way things have been. For 38 years, it's the way things have been. But in a moment with God, we can start to see, wait a minute, God can change the situation that we're in. So jumping back to verse four, I, I told you we'd come back to it. And again, some old manuscripts didn't include this. So that's why it's not found in every translation of the Bible. But still in your footnotes, it'll say this. This is verse four. So it's talking about the, the, the people who were there, even the paralyzed, and it says, they waited for the moving of the waters from time to time, an angel of the Lord would come down. And I think that's what a lot of us pray, Right? We pray that God would come down and do a work in our lives. And that's a good thing to pray, right? God, would you come down and bless my marriage? Would you come down and bless my finances? Would you come down and touch me and heal me? Would you come down? Would you come down? Would you come down? So it says, from time to time, an angel of the Lord would come down and stir the waters. The first one into the pool after each such disturbance would be cured of whatever disease they had. See, the problem with this is this puts this man who was lying on his mat at a very disadvantageous uh, position or situation. Because when the angel would come down, the first one in would win. And that's exactly how it is with religion right? If you have enough titles, if you have the best church attendance, if you, if you got the right church clothes, if you know the right songs and the right Bible verses, then you win that like the first one in wins. If you got the right titles and degrees, then, then you win. But that is not what grace does. Because Jesus, the personification of the grace of God, Jesus comes on the scene and walks right past the lines of whoever would be the first one in and comes to the very most desperate person in the room, the very most desperate person at the pool, and he walks right up to who would be last and says, no, you first, you first because he doesn't care about the rules. He doesn't care about the lines. He doesn't care about who's been there the longest. He cares about the one who wants to be changed. He cares about the one who wants to get stronger. He cares about the one who's been hurting for so long. And man, I think for so many of us, we've been thinking, if I just get my church attendance up, if I can just get my Bible study right, and we're, we're looking at all these ways of how we can get our First place, get get in line first, and really it's all about coming back to understanding the fact that Jesus is coming right up to us, right where we are. So we see here that Jesus comes right to a man and gives him something that he didn't deserve, he didn't ask for, he wanted it, but, but he didn't know how to go about getting it. It's like, it reminds me of when, again, my kids were young, um, uh, they were even younger than what I just talked about a moment ago. Kayla was begging me for candy one time. And I can remember that Rachel, because Rachel's a little bit older, she had learned a little bit more of the art of persuasion. (laughs) She she said, Kayla, Kayla, come here. This is not how you ask dad for something. It's like she wanted to pull her aside and say that. This is not how you go about getting something from your dad. And I want to pull you aside today before we leave and tell you that this is not how you go about getting a breakthrough from God. You don't need to beg God for what he's already given to you. You do not need to beg God for what he has already caused his son to die on the cross for your sins and make available to you. You don't need to beg God for what's already in your hands. See, there are so many times that we look at things just the same way that people around this pool did when they thought, you know what? The first one in wins. If I can just wait for God to come down, if God will just come in and fix it, we, and that's why we get our excuses like this man. He's like, I don't, I don't have anyone to help me. I don't have anyone to come down and, and help me into the water. See, I'm all alone here. I've got no support. And, and, and let's be fair. Everything that this man said was true. It was fact. But what he didn't know is that faith has the ability to override fact. That, That when we put our faith in God, God can come right into a situation that looks impossible to the rest of the world and turn it around. And he can strengthen our marriage and he can strengthen our health and he can give us breakthrough wherever we need it. So here we got this man with all of his excuses to Jesus. He starts telling Jesus the way things work. Like, no, see, God, you don't understand. I can't get into the pool first because there's like all all these people get in before me. I can't get there quick enough. No one's here to help me. And it's like, he's got excuses. I can just imagine God being like, listen, I didn't ask all that. I don't care who started it. I'm about to finish it. And man, he came in with a different expectation of what you and I normally would come to on our own. Same as the rest of the people, they're thinking, if God will just come down, if God will just come down. But apparently, Jesus had a completely different perception of what you and I need to do if we want to see breakthrough. Because this man gives his whole spiel about why he can't get healed, why he can't get fixed. And you know what Jesus says to him? He says two words. He says, get up. Wait, no, I'm waiting for God to come down and fix me. I'm waiting for God to come down and heal my marriage. And Jesus says, no, you get up. But could it be possible that while you are waiting on God to come down, he's waiting on you to get up? Could it be possible that that breakthrough begins where your excuses end? That God has already given you the strength you need in order to be able to stand up and, and, and work in your marriage the way you're supposed to and, and work in your faith and grow in your life and work as a parent the way you're supposed to. God has already put it in you. See, you gotta be a Bible nerd to understand this. I, I just love this, but the previous chapter um, to this story is John chapter four. And in John 4, Jesus goes through Samaria, Samaria, and while he goes to Samaria, he stops at a well, and there's a woman from Samaria that comes to the well to draw water. And Jesus said, can, I, can you draw me a drink? Could you get me a drink? And it wasn't like a pickup line. He's just like uh, trying to open a conversation with her. Would you, would, would you get me a drink? And she's like, wait, you're a Jew and, and a man, and I'm a woman, I'm Samaritan. And he's like, listen, I don't care about any of that. I don't care about what people think. Um, uh, would you just get me a drink? And she goes, I can't get you a drink. You don't even have a bucket to draw Water, and then he goes on and essentially says, "Like you, you don't have to have a bucket when you are the well, and I have something bubbling up inside me that I offer to you. And that if you'll just trust me and let me um, live in your life, then." what is in me, the fruit of happiness and joy, the water of life, this well will will bubble up inside you just like it bubbles up inside me. And then you won't need anything from anyone else anymore. You won't care what other people think anymore because you'll have everything within me. And he's speaking about the Holy Spirit and he's saying, listen, this is all available to you. The water of life, this well that will bubble up inside you. So the very next chapter that we're reading about right now, you got this man who's sitting beside the pool, and he's like, I can't get into the water. That's why I can't get healed. And Jesus is like, no, you don't understand. I saw that you can't get into the water, and that's why the water came to you. And there are so many of you that you've, you've been holding on to your excuses of why you're stuck where you're stuck. And this is just, you don't understand how bad I've been hurt. You don't understand what I've been through. And your God what grace does, what Jesus does. He sees that you're stuck. And instead of some sort of like way you've got to do religion right in order to get yourself to the pool, he's like, no, I've come down to you and I brought water to you. I brought salvation to you. I brought the spirit to you. You got to understand I've already given you what you need, so will you just get up? Church, I'm here to tell you that breakthrough begins where your excuses end. As we dive into this series, I, we're going to move into all, so many areas where we're going to look where we need to get stronger. But these aren't going to just come with uh, us crossing our fingers and hoping. It's going to come with us taking some steps and trusting God and saying, you know what, instead of me praying anymore, God, would you just change the circumstances? But we'd start praying, God, would you change me? So let's pray that before we dismiss today. Heavenly Father, over this season that we, uh, we ask you to strengthen us. We pray that you would hear our prayer right now, God, as we, as we change the focus of it. Instead of just asking, God, would you change our circumstances? We pray today, God, would you change us? Would you speak to us? Speak to me, God, and convict me of what I need to change and show me, search my heart, God, of what I've got wrong in me so I can be right with you, so I can follow you. Give me the strength to stand up and do what you've already called me to do. God, we thank you so much for the fact that you show us that our excuses don't matter in the presence of an unlimited God, that you will work on our behalf and you already have. So, I thank you for each of my brothers and sisters, each person listening online or whether they're in this room. God, we know that you want to do a great work in our lives. So, we pray for breakthrough. We pray that you make us stronger, God, as we walk with you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Let's give our God a shout of praise before we go today. I want to thank you so much for being here. We love you. We're looking forward to this fall together. And if you've joined with us online and you want more information, please type the word fellowship and text it to nine four zero zero zero. Thank you so much. Have a great day.
2: Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And you can do this right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my Savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious Son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, we would love to celebrate with you. Please text us at HEAVEN and 94000 to get in contact with one of our staff where we can answer any questions that you may have. Also, if you're in need of prayer, we would love to support you. You can submit your prayer requests by texting prayer support to 94000 as well. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering you. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church or if you want to learn more about one of our many ministries, you can text fellowship to 94000 to connect with our staff. As always, we are still just a phone call away. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY with any questions. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week in person or online.